Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, hello and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, all here with you again this week for another great episode of the Palace of Pistons podcast. And boys, we're cruising through September, we're getting, we're getting closer and closer to beginning a training camp, but... What's the good word, fellas? What's going on? Dude, How are we doing? Pistons news has been slow, especially this week, but it's good to be Iso back. Joe is like an isolated story, isolated yeah. news for the Pistons. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been Iso Joe, and ever since then, it's just kind of been quiet. I mean, on Thursday, the Pistons officially announced that they signed Joe Johnson. Um, you know, it's a non-guaranteed contract, but he has guarantee dates uh, in October, and then I think the other one's in January, so... You know, we talked about Joe Johnson a good enough amount last week. We're all kind of on the same consensus of that he's going to make the roster. Um, but we got it. We got a really fun topic this week that I'm excited to to delve into. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's slow, boys. Slow on the basketball front. Other things are going great. Football. I love football, and football's been fantastic. Yeah, football's but, uh, been okay. Unless you know, if you're a Michigan State fan, you might want to jump off a bridge but you know other than that <laughs> i'm not the one who said it but <laughs> i mean in terms of basketball it's been slow but in general i'm doing well fellas glad to be here so let's uh, let's get it going good good well you know aaron i'm gonna he came up with this idea and he's like hey you know let's do something different for the pod this week and you know kind of look into the pistons roster and something we talked about last week a lot was you know who's going to be the odd man out what direction are the pistons going to go and that's surrounded you know centered around the joe johnson signing we decided this week we wanted to go through and take the 16 players that are in the mix for the Pistons right now. And this doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like number 16 will be the odd man out. But we wanted to take them 1 through 16, do a little ranking system. I'm interested to see. I'm not going to lie. I expect our rankings to be semi-similar. Right, I think the first couple, you know, the number one, number two on the list, I'm sure they're going to be similar. I'm sure 16, 15, 14, maybe a minor discrepancy, but they're going to be the same three names. Where it gets interesting is in the middle and how we rate these guys. Um, so I'm interested to have some conversation with that. You know, Aaron, this was kind of your idea. This is, is your, your little baby here for the pod. Um, I'm going to kind of toss this your way to intro this and lead this and well the way that you imagined it yeah so uh first off we'll see how long it takes until someone takes this ideas from us and does it themselves um because that's ah. been a popular thing lately but um the guys that are not included in, the, in this are mainly the guys going to training camp on non-guaranteed deals or two-way contracts outside of joe johnson and christian wood those two guys will be included because those are the two guys that will actually have a chance to make a roster so you know jordan bone lewis king todd withers those kind of guys are not included in this uh they're not being factored into this but 
It's it's the guys on guaranteed contracts, and then the two guys that are going to training camp for the battle for the final spot in, in Joe Johnson and Christian Wood. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna start off ranking them from worst to best, and and, and you know just to to be nice, worst doesn't mean they're bad. It just means in terms of uh, you know their value talent on the roster, their value and importance to the roster. 16 is the worst there's spot. No, yeah, one is the best. There's no good spot. way to describe this. Like, hey, in terms of value and importance, you are ranked the worst. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, still, if you're the 16th, 15th best player on an NBA roster, you're still uh, d- destroying literally the large majority of the world, the other 99% of people in the world in a basketball game. So, no disrespect meant to any of these guys. But um, we'll start off with number 16. And, uh, Ryan, I'll go with you first. Oh, wow. Thanks. At 16. I know Brennan said maybe it's not the odd man out, and it wasn't necessarily my thinking about it, but uh, I'm going Langston Galloway. I think he is going to end up being an odd man out. So Langston, I don't see honestly really any value in the team. Uh, Like you said, there's no disrespect to these guys when we're doing this, but um, I just don't see how he fits in at all. There's really no value brought to the team. Um, For me... I think it's a no-brainer that he's kind of the cut list. Okay. I like that. I mean, I have a different player, but I kind of like your reasoning for that. Brendan, Oh, I think you? Ryan just showed right there with his number 16th rank that he's going to be the one adding some spice here uh, to the I list. I told you guys gonna, my list is going to be a little different. His, I think. Ryan's list is going to be a little bit different, and that's okay. To me, it's Kyrie Thomas. Why? We saw Kyrie in Summer League. He didn't impress. Um, you know, Kyrie is... Yeah, we talked about him as maybe he's a backup point guard option. Kind of showed he's not. You know, you look at Kyrie as a two-man. Well, we've got several two-men on the roster, including two in the similar age range, Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown. Kyrie, if we're talking value, if we're talking importance, you know, you have two young shooting guards that are both better than him. You don't need a third in the same age range because one's going to have to go. And... Uh, to me, in terms of just the value and, and what he can give you, he's proven he can really only play one position because his secondary spot probably be point guard, and that, that doesn't seem to be a great fit for him. So he's limited to really being a two guard. You have enough of those already. Kyrie, for me, becomes the, the least valuable. Um, and is that kind of how we're going to define this list? Is this is, is least valuable, or are we going to go off of just like what? What's the official I valuable? Value. That's how I put mine together. Yeah, I mean, okay, and I that's just want, the worst player. I mean, in terms of, of value to the team. Okay, that's what I wanted to get at. You know, because it, there there might be a couple guys that in the in today's present moment, in terms of just if you broke down their basketball skill, Kyrie might not be number sixteen in terms of value to the team. To me. He's number six. I mean, we're not we're not going in terms of like potential. So, you, you know, if you're saying Bruce yeah, Brown's well, at four because you think he has this this sky high potential, that's not how we're we're doing. We're based off we're basing it off of right now. I mean, you can factor. We're basing it off of value. Yes, value for like the upcoming right season. Got it. Just making sure because yep. that's I know I you said that's how you made your list. That's how I did mine as well. And Aaron, yeah, I'll turn it back your way. Yeah. So I have Kyrie Thomas as well at sixteen. I mean, you, Brennan, you pretty much laid out the same reasoning that I would have. Um, he's just at that bottom of the list because he's the unproven, most unproven player on the roster. 
you know, Bruce Brown has has gotten his fair share. I think Spee, maybe he hasn't gotten as many game reps as Kyrie Thomas, um, even though Thomas's were so limited as well. But Svi just has kind of shown more, whether it be in the G League or, or most recently in Summer League. And there's just more hype around a guy like Luke, just given he's 6'8", and, and Kyrie Thomas a little bit smaller, really is only a 2 at 6'5". Svi's that guy that, you know, could play the 1, 2, or 3, ideally in his... Best Apex again. We're not basing it off of potential or anything, but in terms of value for next year, Kyrie Thomas just plays at, at the deepest position on the roster for Detroit, and he's just not, you know, he, he's not as good as, as the rest of the guys on the roster. But and that'll move us to 15, and I'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, now where we're all we at. We already have I a little think dissension. Brennan's already changing up his lineup sheet. So we'll, we'll see where this goes. I guess since Brennan's making a change, Ryan, we're going to start back with you. Yeah. All right. Well, 15 for me, I had Kyrie Thomas. So right there with everything you guys said, um, I mean, there's really nothing more I can really add to it. Young guy who didn't really fit the bill in the summer league. There's a log jam at the position. Someone's going to be the odd man out in terms of playing time. And we've discussed that at length over the summer in the pod. Uh, since Summer League, and I think Kyrie's going to be that guy. Uh, so at 15, I have Kyrie Thomas. So, you know, I'm going to look at 15, and 15's interesting, right? Because we talk about value. I The pro, the problem when I broke this list down, and my guy is Christian Wood, okay? The Pistons have a necessity, though, for another big man on the roster, Right, and we and we talked about that last week on the podcast, and I don't want to, you know, just sound like I'm an old man repeating myself here. So I'm not going to go through all of that again. But Christian Wood is still unproven at a consistent rate in the NBA. Yes, he had a nice little stint there last year, but he has not done it consistently. We have not seen a proven Christian Wood yet in the NBA. Therefore, a guy that I mean, he's right now he's borderline going into camp. He's battling a 38-year-old Joe Johnson who was playing in the Big Three. So uh, that right there alone tells me that you know Christian Wood, as there is a necessity for a big man on the roster, he's not proven he could do it at the NBA level. I, I, I put him at number 15 on the value sheet. Yeah, I got Joe Johnson um, simply because I think in terms of talent right now, he's, well, he's 15th on the roster. Um, he just again plays on the wing. The Pistons have a lot of other wings on the roster that they can go with. It's going to be tough for him to beat out some of these uh, some of these other guys that I think are, you know are just better right now. Whether they're younger, they're more athletic. Um, I, I, the funny thing is, I, I think he's the fifteenth. I, th- I have him fifteenth, but I, I still think he has a chance to play over some of the guys that I have ahead of him. Um, which is kind of weird to me, but at the same time, I just think, in terms of how good he is, he's he's 15th on the roster. But I guess we'll we'll move on out to 14. I went with Ryan the first two times. Let's swing it to Brendan for his 14. All right, so at 14, I'm going to take a look at this, and I and I've kind of as we've been sitting here, just making having some other thoughts and looking at how we're breaking down this list, and I'm going to go with another unproven guy at number 14. That's Svee Mihaly, right? Wow. I'm putting Svee at 14. Why? Svee is some value. Svee could probably play in two to three spots on the floor. 
But again, another guy that we have not seen consistently do it or really prove himself at the NBA level. Svi's a replaceable guy. I'm sorry, he's a, re- he's a replaceable wing. Yes, he's young. Yes, he's got some potential. But we're not basing this list off potential. We're basing this list off of the current value. Svi's a guy we talk a lot about. We haven't seen much from. That's that's kind of how I, that's that's the bland answer to the breakdown of my thought there, right? A guy that he has some upside. If we were breaking down a potential sheet, maybe Svi wouldn't be at 14. But in terms of the current value and what we're looking at this year for the Pistons, yeah, I don't know where Svi slides in in terms of the depth chart. I don't think he cracks the two man, yeah, the top ten rather, right? First and second unit. Mm, so we'll see about this. Uh, I guess I put Zvi at 14. Ryan, you guys feed that low too? Uh, at 14, I have Sekou Dumboya. Sekou is a rookie, youngest player in the league, and um, what's his face? Bill Stefans- or, uh, Stefan- Stefanski. There you Stefanski. go. <laughs> I'm a mess, dude. It's, it's late. Ryan had his card hacked into today. Yeah, I just had my credit card stolen, so I'm, I'm a little preoccupied. Um... But Ed Stefanski straight up said he's not playing this year unless he just absolutely shows out and goes crazy. And it seemed that seems to ring true with Dwayne Casey as well. So in terms of value for this year, Sekou's value is rather low. Fair enough. Yeah. I have a differing thought, but I'll save it for when Sekou makes his appearance on my list. I don't – Sekou is not going to – with how raw he was in that summer league, if that is where he's at right now, which there's flashes of brilliance, but if that's where he's at, he's not beating out guys who are established or guys who are on their come up. Okay. He's not. Not this year. Next year. Not this year. Okay. Yeah, I, I, at 14, I got Christian Wood. Um, the Pistons need a big man. I think Wood can play it. But like I talked about last week, I don't know how much Detroit really trusts him or, or, or believes that he's the guy for that roster spot. Um, it kind of goes along with how they signed Joe Johnson, and again, we talked about that too, so I'm not going to go into that too much. I think Christian Wood can, is, is, is better than that, but I also kind of took into factor how much I think the Pistons believe in each player, and that's why I have Wood at 14. I think he's, I think he's good. Uh, I think he can be a valuable player. If I thought the Pistons had felt the same, I probably would have bumped him up two, maybe even three or four spots, um, but because of how the offseason has went, since he's been signed, and how the Pistons have signed Beasley, uh, and then they signed Joe Johnson. It just doesn't show that they have a ton of confidence in him. Uh, so I have him at 14 on my list. But we'll move on to 13, and I'm going to go first just because we just kind of talked about him, uh, and I don't want to bring him back into the fold with the same kind of uh, feelings as Ryan, but it's Seku. I have Seku at 13 on my list. At Stefanski talked about it, unless he's you know, really able to contribute on defense and has made some growth uh, on the offensive side of the floor. It's just going to be tough for him to get into the mix this year. I think he's that guy that if there's an injury in the on the wing, the three or the four, there's a chance that he's that injury replacement, and that's where you get to see him. And then if he contributes and he looks good, that's awesome. But, you know, I'm not putting money on him being in the opening night rotation. Uh, so, therefore, i got to have him pretty low on this list at 13. Yeah, so at 13, that's I have Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson, just a little bit outside the rotation looking in. Um, kind of what you said with Seku. If a guy goes down, 
Joe Johnson's going to be the one to step in, I feel. I yeah. Feel at that two, three spot, um, I really feel he has some value in the fact that he's a leadership guy, Brendan. Um, <laughs> Thank you for introducing that. I'll let you but, finish your point, though. You know, he, he's a guy who could put up a couple points off the bench for you. He's a savvy vet, um, but he's not going to see a ton of time. He's, he's on the outside looking in right now. So 13, I think, is a good, fair spot for Joe Johnson, in my opinion. Ryan, I agree with you 100%. You could see that you and I maybe have a slight bit more appreciation for ISO Joe than the young buck here because he did not you know, sit in the bottom three on either of our lists. Listen, ISO Joe is going to have a value, as I've said before, as a locker room guy. A guy that's going to come in knowing that there may be opportunities for him to get some minutes here and there, whether it's in an injury replacement role, whether it's in you know maybe a night where you're resting some guys. He's not going to expect consistent minutes. He's going to be prepared to you know just kind of play the fill minutes and to help mold some young guys in the locker room. So for me, Joe Johnson can give you a little bit of value on the court. He can give you more value in the locker room in terms of just mentorship. Um, 13 is a fair spot because his role will still be on court will be limited enough that I don't, I don't think I could justify putting him much higher. You know, could I put him at 12? Maybe, but I, I don't think it could have gone much higher than that. I think 13 is a pretty fair spot uh, for Joe Johnson. Um, you know, and, and how about I just take it into 12, right? And if right. that covers yeah. the point, yeah, yeah. I sit Tim Frazier at number 12. Tim Frazier, the third point guard behind Reggie Jackson, behind Derrick Rose. And, guys, I think the Pistons are going to be an interesting spot with, you know, what they do with some of their guard rotation. You could still see Bruce Brown slide in and get some point guard minutes. And, I mean, we all remember Aaron and how he was after <laughs> Summer League, Bruce Brown. I'm, like, rubbing his arm right now because, like, yeah, I could just feel the goosebumps up Aaron's arms when he thinks Goosebumps, baby. Playing point guard. But, um Bruce is going to have an opportunity to play at some different spots. We'll get into him later. But with that being said, Tim Frazier is the third point guard. You need a third point guard. But uh, that's about all I can say. We'll see. I, I had I had Tim Frazier at 12. I ended up making a late swap with Langston Galloway. Um, I have Langston at 12. Okay. And I know Ryan had him at 15. You haven't named Langston yet, Brian. I have not named uh, 16 yet. Or 16. Be right. 16. Yeah. I have him on my cut line. He had Kyrie at 15. I have him on my cut line. He had Kyrie at 15. Come on, pay attention. So, you know, some difference there. but And I actually I have some, some more thoughts on Langston coming out soon on the Palace of Pistons YouTube page. So if you have not checked that out, make sure you go over and subscribe because that video will be dropping soon. Um, but just in terms of value, I don't think that Langston mm-hmm. Galloway is going to bring much to That's the team. That's interesting because I have such a different take on Langston. I'm excited when we get yeah, to Yeah, number three, Langston Galloway. <laughs> okay, Brendan. Maybe oh, you're not doing the podcast. Ooh. <laughs> we almost recorded this without Brendan, yeah. so we'll see if that, it was the right decision to, let, to let, give Brendan enough time My to get back to the My philosophy on the situation is different. But, but Ryan, you're um, number 12. No, no, no. Oh, I, I, I want to finish. I want to finish done. my. I, I'm going to give a few more thoughts on Langston. So okay. just my feeling is. He was very inconsistent last season and was given he was given a very long term opportunity. You know, he played in eighty games. He was given the opportunity to set himself in, find his groove, and perform, and he shot sub forty percent from the field 
and sub forty percent or sub sub thirty six percent from the three point line. And his best attribute and his known attribute is he is, can score the basketball and he can shoot the basketball. And he did not do that efficiently last year. There is all the reason in the world for every other wing on the roster, whether it be Kyrie Thomas or Joe Johnson or Sekou Dumboya or Shima Hailuk or anyone else to be given an opportunity over Langston Galloway. And maybe that means I should have Galloway at 16 on my list, but I still think he has value. And I think maybe if you put him in a di- on a different team with just some better overall players around him, uh, you know he would thrive a little bit more. But just he just wasn't that good last year, uh, and I just don't see why he should be given the opportunity to play 80 more games and play as big of a role as he did last year this year. All right, so I said before we did this that there would probably be a little dissension, and at the time, my guy I have at 12. I originally had an 8, but then I rethought it because of certain things that are going on within the organization. So at number 12, I have Christian Wood. Okay. Originally had him at 8. You, you're right when you say the Pistons don't seem to believe a whole lot in him by they're making all these moves while he's on a non-guaranteed deal. And that's what ultimately swayed my opinion in my mind going back and forth when setting up this list. The reason I had him so high initially, but now I've dropped him down to 12, is because, yes, it's a small sample size in the NBA, but he was putting up 17-9 and and looking good doing it. Whereas a guy like Thon really hasn't done that at all. You you would not see Thon put up 17-9. And and the Pistons are in desperate need of a backup center. And who is their backup center right now? Thon Maker. So... It, it was tough because, of right, G League and NBA are two totally different things. But Christian Wood in the G League was like 29 and 15 or whatever. And then the smaller sample size in the NBA, 17 and 9. So it seems like, oh, maybe this guy can play a little bit. He's young, he's springy, he's energetic, he's got touch around the rim, he can put the ball in. Um, so I think there's value there. And if he can prove himself in training camp and earn his way onto the team, which, of course, that means someone's going to have to get traded or cut, he, his value will shoot up, and he'll eventually work his way into the rotation, I, th- I feel. Um, so right now I have him at 12. I originally put him at 8 because I felt like him as the backup center, yeah. potentially, was of utmost importance to this team because they don't have one really right now. They have a bunch of backup four men to go alongside Andre Drummond. So it's the curious case of the backup center position right now. So number 12, Christian Wood. I'm glad I'm not the only one that that thinks Christian Wood is going to be or can be a good player. I think there's something there. I I just I really think I ha- so. like I said I, I, I had I haven't yeah, I, I, I haven't said eight. I haven't said there isn't. You know, to me he's just there's just it's it's still it's unproven. Yes, he's done oh, it. Absolutely. But it's unproven. Um but I, I do think he's got some serious upside. Well, so. I'll take 11 because, well, it's probably my Let's turn do to go it. first. Let's do it. 11, Svi Mikhailu. Okay. Um, this is kind of a, I think he'll be in the rotation type of guy. Uh, you know, those 15 minutes a game. His shooting on the wing is going to be of utmost importance in that second unit. And his ability to possibly defend one through four is once also going to be of the utmost importance in that second unit. Um, 
And he showed the ability to maybe be a little bit of a playmaker. I don't think that's really going to be his role. But if it comes down to it, he's going to be able to make a few plays. Um, but that shooting is going to be so important for that second unit. And I, that's why I have Svi at 11. Yeah, so I'll go I'll go here with my 11. I have Tim Frazier. Um, you know, I kind of underestimated the, the potential and the likeliness that Derrick Rose will see some minutes at the 2 just because he's kind of started doing that more and more uh, over the last few years. So I think Tim Frazier's going to get some minutes throughout the year. I think it's going to be, one, because there will be injuries to Reggie Jackson and Derrick Rose, and two, it's, I just I think he's a good enough player. I, I, Tim Frazier's kind of one of those guys that will never be uh, you know, an elite, or he been, he'll probably never be a starter in the NBA, but I just think he belo- like, he's shown that he just belongs on a roster and maybe he'll never be an eighty, you know, an eighty-one game, an eighty-two game guy, uh, you know, over the course of a full year. But when he gets in, he's going to contribute, and he's going to be pretty solid. So I, I still think he brings some certain value to the Pistons. And you know, for a team that has two point guards that have a very bleak injury history, it's nice to have a guy like Frazier on the roster because I think he has some value and he can contribute. He's a really good. Uh, distributor. He's he runs an offense well. He's an improving three point shooter, and he has experience in the league. You know, he he's bounced around, but he's played with a lot of different guys, and he's been in different situations. So uh, he has value, and he can bring something to this team. And he, you'll see that throughout the year. Well, number eleven for me. This is where Seku hits my list. Right, you guys have Seku a little bit lower. Here's why I ranked him higher. When I look at value to the team, there still has to be a spark plug guy. There has to be that that you know that guy that you look forward to seeing. The guy that the guys in the locker room will want to see get an opportunity. Will get excited when they do something well. Will maybe rally around a little bit. I think Seku is going to be that guy. I know Ed Stefanski maybe has made some comments that would indicate Seku, you know will not find himself in the rotation, may not get a ton of time. But I'm going to be frank here. You still invested a first-round pick on the guy. He's going to get some sort of opportunity. And I think him at 11, he still is athletic. He still can run the floor. And we'll see what he can do in terms of half-court offense and half-court defense. But the spark, the energy, the... The rallying point uh, of his teammates and what he's going to do for the fan base as well, to me, gives him a little extra value than sitting him at you know 12, 13, 14. Uh, not in the top 10, but a guy that I think has some increased value and it will get more time than maybe we're expecting him to get going into the preseason. That's why I had him a little bit higher. So moving on to 10, I'll go first. I got Thon Maker. Um... Just don't know how improved Maker will be next season. You know, you you look at the offseason videos, which he's been prominently featured in, and it, you know he's been working out a lot, a lot, which is great. But you expect that from an NBA player. The big thing we talked about going into the offseason was he needs to improve his hands. He needs to put on some muscle. He needs to put on some weight. And throughout the videos, Maker does not really appear to have put on much arm arm strength, much arm weight, uh, and some muscle mass, some muscle mass, whatever you want to call it. And it also, you know, in some of the drills, you still see him bobbling the basketball in his hands. And 
those two things are going to keep him from being a valuable NBA player. And I mean that. You know, there's no way to dance around that. When you're a center, you cannot be you cannot be sized up like a twig, and you got to be able to hold on to the basketball. And Maker doesn't look like he beefed up, and he's still bobbling the ball in these drills where he's going up against a hitting dummy or he's going up against a five foot trainer. So. I just can't believe that the stuff that he's doing has improved him that much. And this is scary because you need a backup center on your roster. And I don't know if Thon is going to be good enough to do that. But he's going to have to... He's going to have to play, and he's going to have to provide some value when, when you look at how the rest of this roster is, is made up, so he still has to make my top 10. Sure. Well, that's kind of how I feel, right? I have Thon at number 10 as well, and to be quite honest, my faith in Thon is so little. And I wanted, I, I won't lie, I really wanted to put him lower on my list, but, and by you know lower, I mean like a higher number, he would have already been said. But bottom line is, you still have the necessity for a backup center, and Thon has proven that he's going to be, at least at the beginning of the year, Thon is going to be the number two center on the roster. He can play the four, he can play the five, and I don't know how excited you get because it really doesn't uh, doesn't get me, it, it doesn't really move the needle for me thinking about, oh, great, Thon's my backup center, but you still need him. Has to crack the top ten value just because he's going to be a rotational guy and you need him to be able to provide something. Fair enough. At number 10, boys, I have Markeith Morris. Okay. Um, he's your backup to Blake Griffin. Uh, he's important coming off the bench. But in terms of guys who are I have ahead of him on this list, the importance is not as dramatic. Blake's going to play his minutes. Um, Blake's going to – this allows Blake to get some rest now throughout the season instead of having to play 74 games and risk hurting himself. So in that in that respect, he's valuable, but I don't know the guys I have ahead of him, for me, mean more to the team and the position they're in. I mean, Markeith's going to put up his 10, 11 points, if that, a game. He's going to be tough. He's going to add toughness off the bench. He's going to grab some boards. Um, it's going to be a nice addition for the Pistons. Uh, so he's in the middle range for me for value. Sure. So does that mean you have Thon sitting at number nine? At nine, I have Thon. Okay, okay. Fair he's enough. your backup center right now. Yeah. Sure. He's, so I mean, he's, yeah. I, I'd hope your backup. You know, your your backup two's center in right the top now. ten. Um. So, in backup center is a wildly important spot, as we saw last year with this Pistons team, a very important spot. Right. We had Zaza last year playing backup center, and things did not go well that sure. often. Sure. Sure. All right. So now Thon's in that backup role. So now. He maybe this maybe this one isn't value per se. This is importance. This one's like need for me. Right. He has to show he has some value and some worth, and that he has even though maybe his body doesn't show it. He's gained some strength during the off season, and he's gotten better at finishing at the rim and uh, taking defenders off the dribble a little bit. Not that he needs to do a ton of that, but anytime he tried to do anything last season, it just seemed to step slow. He seemed clumsy. So maybe. We'll see how he developed. So I have him at nine because he's pr- rather important because he's your backup center this year, as it looks right now. So we're going on to our eighth player named, and so far we have not had a all of us matching. We've had two of us matching, but not all three of us have had. Wait, the hold same. on. What? 
Did he? I did you guys name your nines and I was spaced no. out? No, no, no. But stuff? we've already named Thon at ten. Oh, so okay. I'm just saying we're going on our eighth guy, and you've named it. We haven't yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, but I'm we have out. not. I'm trying to deal with the stolen credit card thing over here, guys. Oh, all good. So all good. Pod, I'm trying to do this. I'm sorry. Ryan's freezing his card, and uh, we're, we're still talking hoops. It's all good though, right? Um, I'm going to chime in here at nine because you know Aaron and Ryan have both named this guy. I sit Langston Galloway at nine. And here is why. I'm a firm believer the Pistons are going to make a move of some sort. Right? I believe that move could also include a guy like Reggie Jackson. Langston Galloway is an expiring deal. And he gives you some money to play with. Where if you go after a guy who's on a little more of a lucrative deal. And you put Galloway's expiring contract in there. That beefs up the kind of player you can go after. Or players you can go after. I also think that even though there are younger guys that maybe should get in the mix, with the potential of him, with Langston that is, being a trade bait type of player, I expect to see Langston get some minutes. I don't expect him to be at the end of the bench not playing. I expect Langston to be in the mix because I expect Langston to eventually be traded. Therefore, with his contract being something that we can use to our benefit, and the fact that I think he is going to be in the rotation, I think he'll be in the rotation over Svi. We can get into that later, but and we'll be getting into that soon, actually. And, and I'm not saying that I all. I'm not saying that you know I, I have a full philosophical agreement with it. That's just where I'm. I might I stand at this point, but I would put Langston's value that high because I think he can turn into something greater, and he can help us, you know, get a good return in a move for. Reggie Jackson, or even a couple positional guys if you want to make a, a turn for an upgrade at a wing or whatever. So that's why Langston ranks so high to me. I don't know if he, if we were talking just his basketball, I don't know if he'd be higher than some of these guys. We're talking potentially, certainly wouldn't. We're talking value and what he can provide. I sit him at number nine. So Ryan had Langston at 16. I had Langston at 12. You have Langston at 9. Pretty drastic differences. My 9 is Fee Mahaluk. I think that Fee is pretty much a lock for the rotation at this point. He's going to play the backup three minutes. It it, it really looks like that unless the Pistons are, are much more faithful in Joe Johnson than everyone seems to think. Um... But I don't think that you're signing a 38-year-old in the middle of September to immediately come in and play 15 to 20 minutes a night. He just looks like he's ready to contribute to an NBA team. You know, he has the shot, he has the handle. Uh, maybe didn't, maybe wasn't the best distributor in summer league, but I think in a, a secondary, hereditary, uh, hereditary, excuse me, role as a as a playmaker, he can succeed. Um, and he'll, you know, he'll be on the court with guys that move the ball well, Bruce Brown, Derrick Rose, Luke Kennard, those kind of guys. Um, you know, his feet will fit in, in in that regard, but he looks ready to, to just play and, and, and play meaningful minutes and, and they real, be positive on the court. Just looks like he's going to be able to score from inside and out. He can get to the cup. Obviously has that insane range that the Pistons really will need. They'll need that kind of shooting, especially in the second unit, and Svee's there to provide that. So... I know that I have him higher than you guys. I have him really high uh, compared to you, Brent. You had him at fourteen. I had him at nine. But I just I think this is uh, 
you know, Sfi's a guy that's going to come on this year, and he's going to contribute more than I think, well, it seems like sure. a lot of people are expecting. Fair enough. And again, I, I think Sfi's a guy that maybe, yeah, I'm certain he could. I just really got a gut feeling Langston early on is going to get some minutes over him and to put him in a better position to be traded. I, I think they're going to set Langston up to really boost his value to move him. Uh, I'm a firm believer of that. So, because uh, that's a contract that you, well, Langston's not going to give you enough on the court to get the value of that contract, right? You might as well use him in a move to really maximize his value. So, I guess that's where I stand. But looks like we're moving on to number eight. And uh, do we have any volunteers who want me to go? Aaron, you make the I'll, call. I'll, here. I'll, I'll, I can go first on this one. I got Markeith Morris. Ryan had him at ten. I got him at eight. Brennan, you haven't said him yet. Um, but I got Mark Keefson because I think if he has, if he's able to stay healthy this year, he's going to be a pretty pretty valuable player in the second unit. I know last year he just could not stay healthy and he did not have a good season. That's why the Pistons got him on a pretty friendly contract, even though they had to give him the player option for next year. But if, if Morris is healthy, he's going to contribute to this team. And, you know, as, as a bench unit scorer, a rebounder, a veteran, that bad boy kind of attitude that is, we, we saw with his brother Marcus that the fans in Detroit really appreciated and liked. Uh, I, I think as long as he can stay healthy, which, you know, is a question with a lot of these guys on the Pistons roster, but he can be a, a nice piece for this team. And it's some insurance for Blake Griffin, who played 74 games last year, logged 30 plus, you know, 30 plus minutes a night, had the highest usage on the team. It, it's just some insurance that if there's a night where you want to rest Blake, you're not having to play Thon and Henry Ellenson. You're able to play Markeith Morris, who, if healthy, is definitely better than both those guys. Well, Ryan, when you were talking about Markeith and why you had him at 10, I think you made more of my point for why I have him at 8. He gives Blake an opportunity to rest. He also gives Blake an opportunity that if he needs to slide to the 5, let's say Thon gets hurt, Thon's not you know providing, let's say Christian Wood gets cut, and the backup option is to slide Blake to the 5 and to run Markeith at the 4, and whether that puts V in a position to run some small ball 4, maybe uh, that puts uh, Sekou in a position to run small ball 4, you figure some things out. Maybe force the you know position of the future for Sekou. Um, but I think Markeith's going to provide some value in giving Blake some flexibility, allowing him to rest, allowing him to move around. He's also going to just be needed on that second unit as a post presence if Thon's out there and not, not at uh, maybe a high enough level as he needs to be or should be. So Aaron kind of painted the rest of the picture, but... I'm ex- I think I'm excited about what Markeith can do for that second unit for the Pistons. All right, at eight, you you hit on this earlier, but at the same time, I think you guys are missing the point here with how valuable he truly will be to this team, even if he's not fully in the rotation, and that is Tim Frazier. We saw – okay, back up. Wow. Reggie or Derrick Rose are going to miss some games this year. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Don't let Derrick Rose stretching videos on Twitter <laughs> fool you into thinking he's going to play 78 games this year. Either he or Reggie are going to miss some time due to injury. And we saw last year when the Pistons have to go to that third point guard, if that third point guard, third point guard, excuse me, point god, point god, point god, <laughs> point god, uh, is not up to par 
it will literally lose the team games. Tim Frazier is not Jose Calderon. He can run an offense. He's got some speed. He's got the ability offensively to finish, to score, to pass. He is of the utmost importance on this team. Yes, he might not play every night. Maybe he's not a rotational guy. But when it eventually does happen, or if, let's say, Bruce gets hurt, something like that, Luke gets hurt, Derrick Rose is going to slide to the two. He has been playing more, too. That means uh, Tim Frazier is going to find his way into the lineup. And when you don't have Jose Calderon playing your third point card, it's a beautiful thing. Sure. Those are good points. Those are good points. injury bug bites this team. 100%. Especially our one and two point guards right now that we currently have. History and careers have proven it. Tim Frazier is of the utmost importance. He almost should be higher on this list, but with the way things are with some of the guys, you really can't have him higher. Also figured it out. Got my card canceled, boys, so we're okay. I know you were all stressing about that. I was trying to. It took so long because I was trying to get some of those transaction, the transaction can, canceled as well. But of course, like I said, it's got to wait till it posts, which is annoying. But hey, at least the cards canceled now. Good jackasses. Oh. Stealing cards. Well, it's you such losers. A, you losers. What losers? It, it, it's one of those things. Like we were talking about it. You know, it's just more annoying than anything. Like, fortunately, there wasn't a major expense that hit your account. It was a minor expense. You saw it. You get your card canceled. But it's just such an annoying hassle. And now. It's it's so many people are aware so much quicker if you're going out and messing with their card. Right. Like maybe you pull off a forty two dollar purchase. Glad you got your whatever in some other state, you know, or online, whatever. Congratulations, you got you know forty bucks. But like, dang, it's just so annoying to deal with. Yeah, this is annoying. And now I'm gonna have to call the credit card company to dispute this charge because I guarantee for some reason it's just going to not let me do it online because that's how my life works. <laughs> these things are supposed to be handled online. But anyway, I know you guys out there were really worried about it, so I just wanted to keep you updated and informed that uh, maybe this is the top priority of the podcast, <laughs> that I was able to get my card canceled A- and reissued. Amen. So thank goodness. But anyway, back to, uh, I guess, back to the Pistons, the secondary Topic. Yeah, this is the, yeah. these rankings are the, the the B story. Ryan's credit cards the A story of, of today's show. But we'll move on to seven, and I guess I'll go first. Uh, I got Bruce Brown at seven. This wow, is, you have a low. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I knew you were gonna you were gonna say that, but uh, you know, I just look at the rest, the guys that I have ahead of him, and I, I just think they all have a big you know all of them have a bigger role offensively than Bruce Brown, and defensively. Bruce is good, you know, he certainly is, and I think that there's obviously potential for Bruce to have a a big year this year, but at the same time, it's more so that I think the guys I have ahead of him are more important than I think Bruce is not good enough. I just think the guys ahead of him mean more right now. And and still at seven, Bruce is gonna play a big role. He still could start. We we've passed the halfway mark. Yeah, pretty much eight, maybe seven and above, or where like the value is. So yeah, it's not I, like you're not valuing him, right? right? Uh, he's, he's still gonna play a big role on this team, no doubt about it. I just these guys that I have ahead of him, and they're all the big names you you would guess, and then you know a few stragglers. But Bruce is good. He's still got a long way to go. These guys ahead of him all have all proven themselves. 
and that's why he has to stay at seven. What it's it's that's not an indictment on him either. Seven is still a good spot for him, considering that this was a second round pick that's now going into his sophomore season, and people did not have super high expectations for him. All right, at seven, I have Tony Snell. Uh, he's going to be your starting three most likely, um, so the value is there. Um, you're just gonna you're gonna need a, a longer, bigger wing yep. in your starting rotation, and you get that. Um, is he the most important player? No, he's not gonna put up the most points. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna grab the most rebounds, but he's gonna be a solid shooter. What you need the length on the wing to defend. He can get to the rim a little bit, um, and that's kind of what they're looking. For. It's an upgrade on the wing in the starting lineup for them. Mm-hmm. So the value's there, but it's not of the utmost importance, but it's definitely addressing a need they had. Here's the thing, Ryan. Here's why we're on the same page. As you know, He has some importance, and yes, it's an upgrade on the wing. He is your most replaceable starter, right? Absolutely. He's your most replaceable starter. And and that that you know Bruce or Luke could start at the two for that matter or three or whatever, right? He's your most replaceable starter, and I think he that will be the position where the Pistons will look to make an upgrade if it's not at the starting point guard spot. So I'm with you. I have Tony Snell at seven. Again, he's in the value category. Don't get me wrong, but you know I I think that defensively Bruce is. Equally as good as Tony Snell, if not better. And yes, Tony is a little more proven offensively, but if Bruce is going to start on this team, then he's going to have to show that he can be not a liability on the offensive end. And if he's a liability on the offensive end, well, then the conversation changes. And while we're talking about Bruce, let me just transition into six because that's where I have Bruce on my list. So let's not even have, let's just share it because that's where I have him too. So, so we're on we're the same page. Ryan and I are clicking right now. We're on the same page. We'll see how long that lasts. But at the end of the day, Bruce is either going to be your starting two or he's going to be your backup two, right? And he's going to provide a role of, if he starts, probably guarding, you know, maybe the he probably he's guarding the best wing on the other team. If they have an elite point guard, maybe he's guarding an elite point guard on the other team, right? So he's going to have a very important defensive responsibility, and Bruce is going to have to be able to provide something on the offensive end. Doesn't have to be a leading scorer, doesn't have to be a major scoring threat, but he cannot be standing wide open in the corner and not willing to shoot the basketball. I don't think he'll do that again this year. But Bruce is a young guard. Bruce is a guy that has a lot of, you know, has a high ceiling. The Pistons invested in him as a starter last year, right? And he's also proven he can fit in with that starting unit if put in that position. So I think the value is there for Bruce because he's going to play an important guard spot. Also, the reason I have him above Tony Snell, Bruce can slide in and play some point guard if he has to as well. Right, you get some more flexibility out of Bruce. You could slide him to the three. You could really, if you, it, it, not an ideal world, but if you ran a four guard lineup, Bruce could play a small ball four depending what the opposition. Brennan is going deep Brennan, into some deep theories cuts. right now. Deep so, cuts right so now. So I'm, I'm just, a, I, I, I got flack for saying Bruce Brown could be the backup point guard of the team. We, you know, weeks ago, and Brennan's out here making his case for Bruce Brown to play fours. the four. Good lord! Listen, Jeez. All I'm oh saying is, goodness, you have more it flexibility. is September, folks. Hey, hey, hit the season here. Listen, sorry, some of us, you know, Tim Frazier, Kyrie Thomas, uh, Langston Galloway, and Bruce Brown, your four guard lineup per Brendan. 
Seku at the fire, yes. Brendan's dream. <laughs> oh that my just, goodness! What you just did right there, Aaron, was like it was just irresponsible where you went with that podcast because that's oh garbage. Oh my goodness! I've made good points. All right, anyway, we're on the same page. Ryan. We're on the same. I'm not. I mean, outside the small ball four thing, I I won't. I won't connect with that, but he said everything I would have said. So. Yeah, I got I got Snell at six. The thing is with Snell, the more I so watch, you're just wrong. That's okay. All <laughs> <laughs> right, but uh, the more I watch Snell, the more I like him. It's just a hand and glove fit, bigger size uh, at the wing, which is what the Pistons needed. A six seven shoots forty percent from the three point line, finishes inside. He's going to have nice chemistry with Blake Griffin. Mike Snyder of Detroit Bad Boys tweeted out some clips uh, on Thursday of. The, some of the two-man action that Snell and Giannis ran really, you know, he pointed out how it's similar to what Blake and Bo- Reggie Bullock ran, I, and I think you know Snell's kind of going to have that kind of two-man chemistry with uh, uh, Blake this upcoming season. It's just a good fit, and and I like Snell more and more the more I watch him. But we'll move on to five. Uh, I got Luke Kennard, I, the guy I think should be the starting shooting guard. Um, I'm expecting big things from Luke if all goes right. I'll look silly for putting him as low as five, and he'll be more like the three or, or four uh, in terms of value. But I have him at five right now just because the players ahead of him have earned that much respect and, and have that have had um, a, a more successful time on the court than, than Kennard has. But there's no reason that he cannot Im- improve in, in that sense. And he's, he's due for a big season. You know, he showed it last year. Things started to click for him, and... He's ready for a bigger role. The Pistons are going to entrust him with some greater opportunity, whether he's in that starting lineup or he's leading the second unit. And I'm excited to see what it means for Luke. I think uh, some, some some good things are coming for him. At five, I have Derek Rose. Uh, for me, it was a toss-up, four and five with him. I kept him at five. Uh, he'll be the point guard for the backup unit, obviously. Um, the leader of the backup unit, he's going to be uh, of the utmost importance for the second unit. Um, really excited to watch him play. Excited to see if he still has some of those flashes that he showed in Minnesota, or is he on the downturn? Um, but we're supposed to view this. The Pistons view this as an upgrade to their point guard position, right? Um, for their backup spot. And if that's the case, because they felt that was maybe something that held them back slightly from being an even better team last year, then well, let's see. Right. Ryan, we stay on the same We stay page. on par. Derrick Rose is going to be important to the second unit. He's going to have an opportunity, if injuries occur, to start a point guard. And the reason that, to me, he's not ahead of Luke Kennard is because as much as I love Rose and as much as I have campaigned for my, my belief that he'll be a good fit in Detroit, you still have to have some concern with injury, right? And... You know, I, I just, I guess, more so, it's not even against Rose. The reason, and I'm just going to transition into four. Maybe we're on the same page with four, Luke Kennard. That's where at least I have Luke. The reason I went Luke at four instead of five is Luke's going to have an important role, whether he is in the starting lineup, because now he's in the starting lineup and he's going to be that kick out three, you know, catch the ball in space, maybe even get a couple drives to the basket, uh, keep the defense honest kind of guy. If he's in the second unit, he's going to be the primary wing scorer. He's going to have a very important role, maybe equally if not more important than the role Derrick Rose will have in the second unit of play. So for me, with the value that Luke provides to whichever rotation he's in, you know, starters or he's in the second spot, he's going to provide 
you know, a very high value, and they are going to need him to produce. Uh, so that's why, you know, I, I don't. I guess we'll go to you for four to see if we're on the same page still, or maybe Luke's a little higher. Oh, Ooh. we're not on the same page. Ooh, okay. Reggie, Reggie Jackson at yep. four. A healthy Reggie is important to this team. We've seen what a healthy Reggie can do for this team. Uh, it just adds an extra spark, an extra explosiveness, extra dynamic to this team. Uh, they, they're going to need scoring out of that point guard position. Him and him and Blake like to play a little two-man game as well. Uh, they need they need to solidify that starting spot, and they're rolling into the season with Reggie Jackson. So at four, gentlemen, Reggie. Aaron, that's that's interesting. I like, like it. Okay. I mean, I, we know where you're going with three now. But uh, four, I think one and two are givens. I right. don't know if we have to go Agreed. over. One I don't and two. think so. Yeah. We, 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 yes, it, it's it's funny that after all of my uh, supposed Derrick Rose hate, I have him ranked highest out of the the three of us. I have him at four. Um, he wasn't great last year, like some people are saying, and these stretching videos on the internet. Although some do believe it means he's having an MVP season next year, that is not the case. But he's still going to play a big role on this team. And, and Rose's scoring ability is going to be very nice to have. I think you're going to see that come into play where last year, yes, Ish Smith could score the ball uh, pretty well for backup point guard, but Derek Rose is on a whole other a whole level in that area. So he's certainly going to help the team. You'll see him out there in crunch time situations probably as well. And he's just that guy that he'll make an impact. I, You know, the more that this offseason goes on, the more I've kind of talked myself into Rose having um, more value to the team and bringing that value. I still don't love it. I'm not going to come out here and lie to you, but I think he's going to be pretty good still. Um but we'll see. I, it's funny though. I had Rose higher than both of you guys. That that is pretty funny, considering how Brendan and I were not, you know, leading the Rose train or anything. But we're like, oh, that's not a bad signing. Whereas you were ready to start your, you know, New York Knicks podcast and blog and all that stuff. So I don't New York Knicks. You're I don't not know wrong. Who knows. I mean, maybe I'm not wrong. I know you're an RJ Bear guy. No, you're not. I don't know <laughs> what you are outside of the Pistons. But anyway, I don't. Let's just hop into three. Well, oh, did you go four? You uh, haven't gone, have you? No, for four. I, I transitioned into four with Luke. Did I want to go okay. to you. Oh yeah, you have three. at three. Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard. I have it. Blake Griffin. No, that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. That'd be crazy. If you guys just don't understand how good Luke's going to be this year. No, at three, Luke Kennard. This team desperately needs a strong, strong wing presence. And that falls on the shoulders this year of Luke Kennard. I'm not saying he needs to go be a superstar, all-star level this year, but he needs to put up 15, 16, 17, 18 a game. Mm -hmm. He has to. He's going to be their main shooter on the wing. That is going to be one of his top priorities as a player. He's going to have to be a playmaker for this team. He has, not to put all the pressure on the young man, but there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He's everything this team's been missing over the last decade on the wing. He needs to be this year and the next year and going forward. I mean, he is of the when I I've said the utmost importance a couple times, but that what and I that's so it's kind of killing the term. But 
He truly is of the utmost importance to this team. It, we saw it last year in the playoffs. How important this guy can be and how good he can be yeah. for this team. If he wasn't there in the playoffs, the Pistons were embarrassed last year for the most part in the playoffs. I mean, outside Blake, Blake played and Blake was awesome. And I'm, obviously, that's just a given. But when Blake wasn't there, the best player on the court was essentially Luke Kennard. And he showed he belonged and how important he is at keeping the team alive and in the game. Right. Every facet of his game has to be what the Pistons have needed on the wing, essentially. He's not going to be some superstar, all-star, you know, Kevin Durant-style, Giannis-style player or anything like that because he's only 6'6". But the way, what he can contribute and how he has to contribute this year to this team. To be successful, to win games in the first round, and to advance past the first round. I think it really, you can say it falls on Reggie Jackson on top of Blake and Andre. I think it falls on Luke Kennard. Fair enough. Here's You need a strong wing presence. You do. And who who's that strong wing presence, fellas, if it's not Luke? Tony Snell? Sorry, I like Tony Snell. It's not Tony Snell. And it's not Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown's going to play some good defense. He's not going to put up more than three points a game. It's not Kyrie Thomas. It's not Svi. It's not Seku. Okay, if, if it's not Luke, then there's no wing presence. Sure. There's sure. none. And the Pistons are back to being a 41 and 41 team. Give me just an hour of Ryan talking about Luke Kennard. Just give me an hour of it. That's all I want. Next week, Ryan's doing a solo show talking about On Luke the Kennard. merits of Luke Kennard and how Ooh. important he is. Yeah. You but, know, I, I, I think, Ryan, you made a lot of great points right there. You really did. The only there's a big reason though why I put Reggie Jackson at three instead of Luke, and I don't think anything you said is wrong, and I think you could very fairly justly put Luke Kennard at three. But obviously, I think we all have Blake one, Andre two, right? I think a good Reggie Jackson elevates the play of both of those guys, but especially Andre Drummond. The pick-and-roll game makes a difference. Reggie hitting some threes to space the floor makes a difference. Uh, you know, it, Can I stop you right there for a second? If Reggie goes down, Derrick Rose can back him up and play almost at that level. If Luke Kennard goes down, nobody can back him up. Well, as that's not false, Luke Kennard may already only be the second string shooting guard. He's going to play over 30 minutes a game, even if he's coming off the bench. I don't I don't know. I don't he's know. Gonna get, he's going to get 30 plus minutes. You think he's going to so? get like, 31, I, I, 32, 33 minutes. If he's coming off the bench, he, I don't, they're I don't, not going to place Bruce Brown over him if he's showing his think, offensive prowess. I think he'll they're get, not. That's if, though. That's if. I, I, I'll give you if he is, but that's if. Buddy, it doesn't matter. I know I'm right on this. I think I'm 100 percent right. On I think this. he's getting 25 to 28 minutes. I don't think so. I think he's getting more. I just I look I look at how many wings Detroit has on the roster, and Tony Luke Snell is, and Bruce Brown Luke, can fight for those minutes. Luke is Luke's the, not the guy you you're doing that. To. Luke is the best wing, but you gotta play Snell. You gotta play Bruce. There's gonna be speed. There's still Langston on the roster, and. Whether we right. rank Langston high or right. not, he's so, going to probably compete for minutes. So, playing 12-man rotations, just be a 30-win team. I'm not saying that. I know, I know you're not, but you're saying all these guys have to get minutes? No, they don't. This isn't fifth-grade basketball. Prove your merits. Dwayne Casey, I know he likes to go deep. I know he likes his deep lineups. Dwayne Casey, cut it off. Nine men. Ten men. 
Don't go 11-12 deep. Don't do it. But I, anyway, back to Reggie Jackson I, I and think, Luke Kennard. I, I think the thing is, though, if Reggie... I was, sticking with Luke. I don't disagree that Luke could get 31-32 minutes a night. But if he's coming off the bench... That means to, to me, it shows that his offensive. Uh, how did you? How, what was your terminology? However, you define it. But if Luke is giving that much on the offensive end, Luke is going to be in the starting lineup. I, ex- I honestly, okay. I'm my my and, thought process and, is I expect him to be, in the and starting that's fine. Lineup. And if he's in the starting lineup, then that's fair. If he's in the second unit, and he is not as big, maybe he's. Okay, offensively, but he's not as good as maybe we're hoping, expecting. However, you want to label that. I, I'm kind of with Aaron. He's a 25 to 28 minute a night guy. He's not a 31 32. Because whether it's Bruce, whether it is a, a different wing, whether it's running Rose out there at the two with Reggie for a little bit, right? I, I think they could go with a few different looks. Going back to why I had Reggie above Luke, though. The Pistons, when they've been at their best since they've had both Reggie and Andre on the team, as much as I've had issues with the style and play of Reggie Jackson over the years, when Reggie and Andre are clicking, the Pistons have had some success, right? And you could just you just have to look at wins losses. It's a fact. When Reggie and Andre are healthy and clicking together, they have success. Is it high level championship success? No, it's not. But it's still successful enough to win some games, and it could be successful enough to not only get in the playoffs, but win a playoff series, right? And the other thing is, I'm going to go back to a point I made earlier about Langston Galloway. I still seriously think Reggie Jackson and Langston Galloway could be paired in a trade. And I think you need Reggie to play at a decent rate. doesn't have to be all-star amazing, but he can't be bad. If Reggie is having an average to above average season and you get Langston Galloway in the mix enough to show he's got some worth you can package those two together whether it includes picks whatever else you, you they have to add in to spice the deal to turn into maybe that wing that replaces Tony Snell I, and then Derek Rose can slide in to play the starting point guard spot. And then your point about Tim Frazier really comes true with his value as backup point guard. And then all of a sudden, you know, or maybe it goes, hey, the Pistons move Bruce to backup point guard. They've got some more wing depth. Now they've got guys, on, you know, maybe Svee slides in as the backup too. That's how they utilize their young wings. I'm just saying I, I think with, again, that, that opportunity to maybe move Reggie and either upgrade at point guard or upgrade on the wing – there, there's something there. I'll say this. I don't think a package of Reggie and Langston are really fetching you a whole lot unless you sweeten, sweeten, sweeten the deal with a fair number of picks. I don't think Red, like I get the expiring contract thing and all that stuff. I still don't think you're getting quite the upgrade you're looking for at the wing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I have Reggie at 3-2. Um, you know, just one more thought on Rose. Certainly a very important player. I think he should start. I think he should command a lot of shots. I think he should be, you know. Wait, wait. You said going back to Rose, 
I, uh, did I say Rose? You I said Luke. You I, said Rose. I'm sorry. I meant to say Luke. I was about to say, whoa, yeah. this yeah. is going off yeah. the rails. Like, right wait now. a minute. Hold <laughs> the F on. Okay. No. I'm sorry. Going back to Kennard, certainly will have a big role. I think he should start. I think he should get, what, top three in, in shot attempts per, per game? Um. I don't think he's going to play 30 minutes per game. I think he's going to play closer to, to 25 uh, to 28. Just looking at the minute distribution last year, Blake and Andre were the only guys to play over 30 minutes per game. You know, Wayne Ellington played about 28. Reggie played about 28. Um, Bruce didn't play 30. Those other guys that started, never, you know, they didn't play 30 minutes per game. Um but either way, 25 or 30 minutes, Luke Kennard needs to have a ginormous role on this team. He should be starting. I just have Reggie Jackson at three because, for the reasons Brendan said, when Jackson's on the floor, the Pistons are uh, a very good team when he's healthy. And he was good in the playoffs last year. He elevates the play of you know Drummond most definitely. He helps with Blake too, but when Jackson was healthy last year and he kind of got in his stride in the second half of the season, he was a really good player and you know that continued to show in the playoffs and you know you got to think a, a healthy offseason in his bag now you should see the same in his bag in his bag <laughs> oh, you should see that same kind I'm of level of play I, in his bag i'll say this because we need to wrap this up because while wow, we took this one real far yes we did i can't believe how long we're going the same um i'll just say this Injuries are a problem with this team. It just seems to be that our luck every year. And if Reggie were to go down, you have backup in Derrick Rose, and then you have a guy in Tim Frazier who can step in, and the team is not necessarily falling off a cliff like it did last year. I expect Luke to be able to put up 15 this year. I think that's a fair expectation to have of him because he's going to get the shots. If Luke goes down... There's nobody to replace him. And that's where I find the value in him being higher than Reggie. That's fair. That's fair. So, for, for number two, we we all got Dre. Dre. I mean, I mean, explaining, I guess. Just, you know, his importance is... Everything the, he does. The defensive anchor. Yeah, I, I think it's very... Rebounder. It's, yeah, it's just, self-explanatory. He, yeah, and then, one and two. yeah, and then Blake, obviously, the team's best player. Really not a question there. Coming off a huge season, the, Lead the leader to play seventy strong. Yeah, leader on the court, leader off the court, and uh, just you know an absolutely dominant player. But it's funny because Brendan Brendan walks in before we record and he's like, "This is all you want to talk about? This we're gonna, gonna get us ten minutes. We're gonna need two more topics at least." <laughs> and here we are, right. an hour all plus, right. an hour so plus deep, thing. an hour plus deep. This is the longest plus. podcast this is long in, like we've uh, ever a done. month or two. It's an off season pod, and it's the longest one we've ever yeah, done. Yeah, and Brendan's like, "Oh." Uh, I think we're going to need a few more topics, so get out of here, Brennan. All right, well, we're here to since talk Aaron's got to be a total ass, you know, I was going to get off the pot, or maybe even at the end of the pot, give him some credit. I'm certainly not. But I can be I can be mature, and I can admit when I am wrong, I was wrong. We got through a lot longer than I thought we would on this topic. We had a little more difference in our list than I thought we would. So, you know, because Aaron had to be a whatever, I'm not giving props, but I'll admit I was wrong. It's okay, Brendan. I'm able to it's do okay. that. You know, you were wrong about this topic being not being long enough, and you were wrong with your list. A lot of wrong with you're a lot of wrong tonight. It's well, okay. I don't know about that. It's okay. I don't know about that. We, but you know, we still have you on the podcast every week. You just help 
Ryan and I look good. Uh, yeah, I make the podcast. You just talk. You talk about my freaking value. I'm number one. Oh dude. yeah. All right. All right. Hey, hey end the pod. Let's do That's a- it. Podcast rankings now. Yeah, yeah, Aaron came in at number four. Well, thank you very much for tuning in this week to our episode of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Of course, before you go, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Palace of Pistons. Uh, we're on Instagram at Palace Pistons. Uh, Facebook page. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, the YouTube's growing. That's been awesome. Some good video content. Of course, Tim Forkin's done a lot of great work for us on YouTube. Uh, so be sure to support his stuff. Of course, the website as well. A lot of great staff writers. They do a lot of great things. Great articles, great pieces, player breakdowns, roundtables, predictions, breaking news, the whole nine yards. Check out the site, palacepistons.com, the socials, the YouTube the entire bit. So before you go as well, Aaron's on Twitter at A Johnson NBA, Ryan at Ryan Pay, myself at Media Brendan. Throw us a follow, like, rate, review, do what you gotta do, and we will see you next week on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.